Amen. Praise the Lord. Just also to give thanks. And uh, I know if they were here, they would testify of God's goodness. Uh, but just uh, Hassan and Paula just traveling today. And uh, the, the the bonnet flew up and smashed the windscreen. And But thank God they're all safe. And the Lord hand is upon them. And we know the Lord will undertake for them. But I know if they were here, they would testify of the goodness of God. And all of them were preserved. It could have been so much different, but the Lord preserved them as they're going along the motorway there. Uh, the Lord was able just to undertake for them. And so we just give the Lord thanks that he keeps us and he preserves us in, in the midst of all the troubles that the Lord would undertake. So praise the Lord for that. Also, just remember again for your giving, you can do it through the online there. Uh, your bank te- The church bank details are there and also by check or by PayPal. So we appreciate the giving unto the Lord and the tithe and the offerings, and we pray we continue to be faithful in that area. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles tonight, uh, would you turn to Luke chapter 18? Luke chapter 18, we're just beginning a new series uh, tonight. It's going to be on prayer over these Wednesday nights. What a vast subject. There's so many books that have been written, so many studies that are available, very good studies. Um, But yet we just want to come back to the very basics or the essentials of prayer. So tonight we're going to look at prayer and uh, I wanted us to get to the place where we're looking at different aspects of prayer and what we have to pray for. And in particular, I mentioned on Sunday that we're going to pray and look at praying for unsaved souls. But we'll get there, I believe, just uh, next week. I just wanted to lay a foundation on this study tonight of how important prayer is for every believer. It is like the very breath in our natural body. That's how important prayer is. It is one of the essentials of the work of God, one of the essentials of a Christian life, one of the essentials of the church of Jesus Christ is prayer. It is is often, not always, but it is often the most neglected, the place of prayer. And I believe it is so important in the days in which we're living that we just come again to what the basics are of prayer. And then over these coming weeks, we're going to look at what it is to wage warfare for the unsaved. And we'll look at what it is to pray in the body of Christ. And we'll look again at what it is to pray for the work of God as it goes forth and goes out. And uh, we'll continue to look then at intercession. And we'll also look at revival and these areas that are essential to prayer. But we want to lay tonight, as it were, very simply, and this might be very basic to so many people, but you know, I believe as believers, we often have to come back to the basics, the essentials of the Christian walk. And prayer is one of the essentials. And we want to look at the essentials of prayer tonight. So if you have your Bible, uh, we're going to read just the opening verse of Luke uh, chapter 18. <clears throat> Luke chapter 18 and verse 1. And he spake a parable unto them, To this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. I want to read that verse again. He spake a parable unto them. To this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. You know that word there, faint, simply means to feel or to be weary or become weak. 
And so we see here the importance that the Lord would place on prayer. Because when there is prayerlessness, then we'll find that the church is weakened and the individual is weakened and begins to become weary in the work of God. And we know the purpose and the plan of God without prayer. Although there might be much activity and there might be many things that are going on within a building. But if this is not driven forward by prayer, then we will feel in the purpose of God for the individual and for the corporate assembly. The church is weakened when she refuses or does not prayer. The scariest part of ministry, I believe, is when we think we can do it, we can do the ministry, we can do the things that we do and use our gifts or our talents and all those great necessities of a body when we can do that without prayer. Because ultimately we will feel, we will feel in our purpose and in our calling. We might look successful in the eyes of the world. We might seek men and find men's approval in worldly terms. But when we come to prayer and in the sight of God, when there's no prayer, when it's not soaked in prayer and move forward in prayer, then in God's eyes, we will not fulfill the purpose of what God has called us to see and to do for the glory of his name. So we don't want to feel, excuse me, in the place of prayer. Prayerlessness will weaken the church, cause her to feel in her purpose and in her mission. Now in Luke chapter 19, if you turn over to the next chapter, Luke chapter 19 and verse 46. Jesus said unto them, Luke 19 and 46, that my house, my house is the house of prayer, that God, Jesus, has called his gathering, the gathering of the people of God. He called this house to be a house of prayer more than anything else. All those other things are important, but more than anything else, he's called this house, his house, to be a house of prayer. So we're seeing the importance that the Lord Jesus Christ placed on prayer for the individual, prayer for the corporate body, prayer for the gathering of his people. When we're approaching the last days, of course, in Luke chapter 21, if you just turn two more chapters over, and verse 33, the Lord again in the context of the last days Speaking here in Luke 21 and 33, he said, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. And take heed, verse 34, to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with drunkenness and the cares of this life, so that that day come upon you unawares. For as a snare shall it come on them that dwell on the face of the earth. Then he says, verse 36, the context here is the last days, the days in which we are now living in. Then he says, watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. So we see now that the Lord taught And the Lord showed and displayed the example and the importance and emphasized 
that we need to pray always or and not faint. He told us that his house, his gathering, would be a place where there is that is called the house of prayer. In the last days, he warns us to be watchful and to pray. What does he say? Always. And friends, probably the greatest thing, certainly from my point of view, that I've missed the most of the gathering of God's people. I'll just be honest to say it's the place of prayer. Coming to pray together. I've missed the prayer time. I've missed hearing people call out to the Lord. I've missed the cry from people's hearts. I've missed people giving thanks in prayer and lifting up their voice to God because there's something special in the gathering of God's people when they pray. And you know, it's so important for every believer, <clears throat> every Christian, wherever we are on this road with the Lord, you know, the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 26 and verse 41, this is so important for all of us and especially younger believers, Matthew 26 and 41, Jesus said, watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. What he's, what he's telling us here is prayerlessness opens the door for the enemy to tempt us and cause us to feel or fall into sin. So it's so important that we, we, we have a disciplined prayer life, that we have a communion with the Lord. It's so important for a church that it soaks everything and seeks the Lord in prayer. Because when we feel in the place of prayer or more, we neglect the place of prayer. Then we'll open ourselves up for temptation and the enemy will begin to tempt us to draw us away into the things of the world. So you see how vital prayer is. It keeps us in the spirit. It keeps us close to the Lord. It keeps us from the old enemy trying to snare us and draw us into temptation. So how important prayer is that we're to be watchful and we are to pray. Leonard Ravenhill said this, these words, No man is greater than his prayer life. No man is greater than his prayer life. That's a profound statement, and I believe it to be true, that no man is greater than his prayer life. Regardless of all these things and all these great abilities that we're given, regardless on regardless of our preaching and all the things that we do, but we need a prayer life, a communion with the Lord. And so the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17 that we're to pray without ceasing. We see it here throughout the scripture, how we're encouraged, how we're directed, how we're led by, how we're instructed that we should be a people that are praying and seeking the Lord, that is individual and that is also corporate as God's people. Prayer, <clears throat> prayer is the greater work. Oswald Chambers said, prayer is the greater work, the real work of God, the work that we're involved in here in this assembly or any assembly, the real work that we're engaged in is the work of God in prayer. We need to be a people that see how important that prayer is to every aspect of the ministry of this church. 
We must know that every part and every function of this church must go forward on its knees. Prayer is the greater work. It's the real work. Prayer is the work for the body of Christ. Every believer should be engaged privately and corporately in the place of prayer. It's so important for us that we seek the Lord, that we're in that place of prayer. You know, the busiest meeting and the biggest meeting of any assembly should be the prayer meeting. That should be the place that we focus on coming to. Excuse me. More than anything else, we need to seek the Lord in the place of prayer. This is the most important. This is the powerhouse. This is the engine room. This is what makes everything else function. It's when we get to that place of prayer. We have to commune with the Lord. You know, we need to be in that place. Prayer is the work. Prayer is the work. We need to be in that place. It should be the the most attended meeting in this church Sadly, it isn't always, but it should be the most attended meeting in the church, the prayer meeting. It should be the one that we make every effort to be at. That's the very life of the church. That's the very engine room of the church. That's the powerhouse of the church. That's what the devil fears most, more than anything else, that this little house here would be filled from the back to the front with men and women and young people in the place of prayer, beseeching God, calling on the God of heaven and earth, calling on this great Christ to move in his great power. Friends, that that really is when revival begins to move in such an awesome way, when the spirit of prayer ignites a local assembly, when the, the heart of a man or a woman are burning to get to the prayer meeting. And we have to confess, we must be honest, it's not always that way. It isn't that desire within us to make it to that prayer meeting, to get through those doors, to get in to the house of prayer where God has called us to call upon his name, to get on our knees and get an altar and begin to seek the Lord and to call upon his great name. But that's when we're going to see true revival and a move of the Spirit of God. When you see the prayer meetings packed to the doors, when you see people and hear people calling out to God from the depth of their hearts. When you hear that cry from a heart, it's not so much in the words that people say, but it's in that communication of the Spirit of God from this heart to the heart of the Father. And so we we must know the, the importance of prayer for every Christian. You know, when these doors get opened again, and I pray that the first Meetings that we get back together is the prayer meetings. They're the essential, that's the essential part of this function, of this work, of the work of God. But I pray that, that there'll be a rededication, if you like, and there'll be a determination in the hearts of all of God's people that we're going to get to that place of prayer. We're going to be a people that make prayer. We're going to be a people that pray without ceasing. We're going to be a people that always pray, pray and not faint. We're going to be a people that know what it is to call upon the God of heaven and to bombard the throne of grace with the cries from the hearts of God's people. You see, when we neglect this, 
Brothers and sisters, listen, this is, I believe this is essential. It is the very heart of this work. Now we have a, a house of prayer that we know we don't go forward in methods or means, but we go forward by praying and seeking the Lord. And I just want us to again challenge you tonight, but also encourage us as the body of Christ. You know, we, we need to come again to seek the Lord. You know, we, we need, we serve the risen Christ. We serve a living God. And you know what I see so often you hear about other religions and their dedication to their false gods, their dead gods, their demon gods, and how they pray so many times a day and how they seek the Lord, how they're so involved in all the ritualism. Yet we, we serve a living God. We have been purchased and we been brought in by the power of this great Christ and the Spirit of God and washed in the blood and we have access to the eternal throne of God and yet so often the prayer meetings are empty. So often even the prayers are gone silent and so I want to encourage you. I'm not here to try and condemn anyone or to try and put you down in any way but with the cry I believe it's the cry of God's heart to call us into the place of prayer, to, to get into that place with God, to seek the throne of God, to get into a place with God in communion and, and, and to pray unto this great God. I'm having a bit of difficulty with my throat tonight, but I'm going to preach what I believe God's put on my heart because I believe it's the heart of God, that God's drawn his people to seek him. He's drawn his people into a new place of, of consecration and prayer and a, a place of discipline and prayer and a place of dedication to prayer. You know, above everything, brothers and sisters, if we had nothing else, I believe the most important thing that we must have is a place where we pray, a place where we seek the Lord, a place where heaven comes down and touches this earth because there's a people that are before the throne of grace with broken hearts and they're crying out unto God for the great needs of our land. I believe that's the most important thing. You know, when we get the priorities right, everything else is going to work out. Everything else is going to fall into place in the body. But when we come to what are the vital things, prayer is so vital for us. It is absolutely vital. Hear me tonight. Don't try to put other things above this place, above the place of prayer, because this whole thing will fall like a deck of cards falling, because it must go forward in prayer. It must be our focus. We need the anointing in order for every gift to function. We can't do it because of talent or ability, no matter how great our messages may be, or our, our singing may be, or our playing may be, or, or our activities, or how great we are in taking a Sunday school class. We need the anointing of God. You can't just go through that door, and you just can't go down into that classroom. You need the anointing, and the anointing comes when we're walking with God, and we're in the place of prayer, and we're hearing His voice. We need the oil in every aspect, and the function of this local assembly. So I encourage you tonight, we need prayer be made in the house of God. Prayer outlives, Ian Bounds said, that prayer outlives the lives of those who uttered them. Outlives a generation, outlives an age. 
and outlives a world. I want to say that again because what a statement, but what a truth it is. Prayers outlive the lives of those who uttered them. Outlive a generation. Outlive an age. And outlive a world. That's your prayers. Think about it, friends. Your prayers, your prayers will outlive your life. You know, we're living even today in the blessings of the prayers of loved ones who have already gone home to be with the Lord. Think about it, friends. Their prayers have outlived them. And those prayers will outlive a generation and outlive an age and even outlive a world. Think about how important it is for us to pray and to seek the Lord. You might think, you see, you might think because we're so conditioned by the present But if you think about it, your prayers are going in to the eternal throne of God. That throne set above all of time. And you might leave this earth and I might leave this earth to go home to be with the Lord. But the prayers that you have made, this great God and his almighty power can take that prayer at any time in a generation or the one to come and answer that prayer according to his will. How important it is for us to be a people of prayer. That early church was a praying church. The baptism of the Holy Ghost, the power of the Spirit of God came down in a prayer meeting. And we know all of this. You know, sometimes I fear that we have intellectually grasped it all, but experientially we need to live this out in that way. We must be a people of prayer. I, I call us that back again to prayer, I believe it's the most important part of any life. You know and I know when we neglect that place that everything, the whole order of our lives, the order of our homes and the order of the church completely starts to go out of shape because we have neglected the place of prayer. Jesus says that men are always to pray and not faint. So we must pray. We must seek the Lord. There are seven things, very quickly, I'm not going to be too long, but seven things before we get to next week, waging warfare for the unsaved. And I believe we need to wage a battle because the battle is so fierce against the unsaved lost souls in this hour. It's so intense, the battle, the spirit that is unleashed against the unsaved in this day. And so we must wage a battle in prayer for the unsaved. We'll get to that next week. But there's seven things I want to talk about. The very basics, the really are basic and simple. Seven things that are the essentials in prayer. The first one you'll find in Mark chapter 11 and verse 22. If you turn there, Mark 11 and verse 22. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he hath said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Not awesome? Think about this. Think about what the Lord's saying. We're going to come to faith in a minute, but this first one is essential. You say to the mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. 
He goes on to say in verse 24 in the context of this, Therefore I say unto you, What things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. And when ye stand praying, and if you've got a pen, you circle this next word because this is the essential for effective prayer. When ye stand praying, forgive. If ye have ought against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. When we put the context of these verses together, often we'll take one out, but we need to put them all together. We see the awesome power of a faith in God speaking to mountains or giants or impossible things in our lives, believing them in our heart. We can speak to that mountain and say, Be thou removed. We can believe God. We can ask wherever those things which we desire in our heart, and it shall be done. But when you stand to pray, Here's the key. Here's a basic. Number one, here is a basic essential for prayer. When you stand praying, forgive. This is the absolute essential in prayer, that our hearts are right with each other. So many prayers are not answered. So many prayers only go as high as the ceiling because we are holding something in our heart against a brother, or against a sister. And friends, we want to see the awesome reality of the answers to prayer in these days. In Psalm 66 and 17, the psalmist says, I cried unto him with my mouth, and he was extolled with my tongue. Verse 18 says these words, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. He loves us. We're saved. We're washed in the blood. But for an effective prayer life, hearts have to be right in an assembly. Hearts have to be right with one another. Hearts have to be right in our homes and with our family. Hearts have to be right. We have to forgive in order for the power of the living God to flow through a prayer meeting. These are the basics. These are the essentials. We must be a people that forgive. Friend, I just simply say to you tonight, if there's someone of there's something in that heart, and you know that it's there by the Holy Spirit identifying that in your life, then I just encourage you by the grace of God that you put that right tonight. We want to get into a new place with God in prayer. Keep the heart right. Keep the heart right with each other. We must forgive, and the Lord will then hear us. Number two, we touched on it there in Mark 11, but Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 says this, this is the second one. We have to have a right heart. Number two, we have to come with faith. Hebrews 11 and 6, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We must come with faith in our hearts. We must have a right heart, but we must have a faith in our hearts. Now, if you turn back just for a moment to Matthew 21 and 21, Matthew 21 and 21, Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, if you have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if you say unto this mountain, we've touched on it already, 
Be thou removed and cast into the sea. It shall be done. And all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. We need to come with faith. Our hearts need to be right with one another. And we must come with a faith in our hearts, believing God. We must come believing who this God is, that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So we must have a right heart. We must forgive. We also must come with a faith. These are the essentials for prayer, the very basics. But there must be a faith in our hearts. We must come believing in this God. And number three is a very important part of the essentials of prayer. Hebrews 4 and 14. If you turn over to Hebrews uh, chapter 4 and verse 14. And this is so important that, 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 we, that we know this, these great truths for, for the, the time of prayer. Hebrews 4 and 14 says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, for we have not a high priest which cannot be, be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. So now he points us, and this is so important for our time of prayer, but he points us to our great high priest. He points us heavenward to him that is seated up in the glory. Jesus Christ, our great high priest, who has passed up into the heavens. And here we see him seated. Him who was tempted even as we are in all points. Yet he is without sin. And because he's there, look what it says, verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace or onto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy, find help, find grace to help in the time of need. So now we see number three, we have the right heart. We have a faith in our, in our prayer. And we also must, we must come boldly to the throne of grace. You know, there's an authority for every believer, regardless of how long you've been saved. Equally, we all have been given access through faith, into the very throne of grace, because Christ is on that throne. We have a right to, to come to our Lord and our Savior. And so there has to be a boldness in that, the authority that God has given us to come right into the throne of grace to make our petitions known. Where do we, what do we find there? We find mercy and we find grace in the time of need. So we see here these essentials of prayer. There has to be a right heart. There must be a faith in our prayers. There must be a holy boldness as we come to the throne of grace. But number four is so important for all of us as believers. We must come with thanksgiving in our hearts. We must be a thankful people. The psalmist said, if you turn over the Psalm chapter 95, Psalm chapter 95 and verse 1. We must come. It's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. But Psalm 95 and verse 1 says, O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. 
Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. So here we're looking at these essentials. These are just the basic essentials. I know we know them so well, but we need to practice what we know. I know I know this might seem basic to some, and I know it might seem simple to many, but we must practice the basics. We might have them in our head theologically, but you know, brothers and sisters, we need to put into practice the very basics of the prayer life of a believer. Come with thanksgiving in your heart. Psalm 100 and verse 4 says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Hasn't the Lord been good to us? Hasn't the Lord blessed us? Hasn't the Lord saved us? Hasn't the Lord kept us by by his great power? Is he worthy of our thanksgiving? And so it's so important, friends and brothers and sisters, when we come back again, that we really do take into account, we come into this house. No, this is not a morgue. This is the house of God. This is not a place of death. This is where the living God dwells. When we come back as the body of Christ, and to a spiritual house, we come into this place with thanksgiving in our hearts. We must come when we come to the place of prayer with thanksgiving. Philippians 4 and verse 6 says these words, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So here it's so important. We have requests. We have a whole sheet here tonight of different requests with all different needs that are upon that sheet. And there are many more in each and every life that is listening. But listen carefully. When we pray, pray with thanksgiving and let your requests be made known unto God. It's, it's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. Actually, Colossians at chapter 2, if you turn there, Colossians 2 and verse 7 says, Rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. We are to be abounding in thanksgiving. This is not something just to be taken lightly, but we are to abound in thanksgiving unto the Lord. So when we pray, we pray with thanksgiving. With so much to give thanks for, to make a request known. Number five is important, as they all are. But number one, I'll recap them again. That there has to be a right heart. These are just the basics for prayer. You know, we can have all the great ideas of spiritual warfare and engaging with the enemy and how we're going to do it and what we're going to do. But these are the very basics to have a right heart, to have faith in our prayers. To have a boldness as we approach the throne of grace. To come with thanksgiving in our heart. But number five, we come, 1 Timothy 2 and 8, if you turn to it, we come and pray, lifting up holy hands. 1 Timothy 2 and 8, Paul writes and says these words, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands, without wrath 
and doubting. I want to read that again. 1 Timothy 2 and 8. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. Paul is instructing us here that our prayers are to be accompanied, of course, with thanksgiving, but with the lifting up of holy hands. You know, the Bible says, Behold, bless ye the Lord, Psalm 134, all ye servants of the Lord, which by, by night stand in the house of the Lord, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord, the Lord that made heaven and earth bless thee out of sand. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary. Paul's desire is that men should pray everywhere. But when they pray, that they're to lift up their hands. And that lifting up of the hands would even be like the evening sacrifice. Psalm 141 says, Lord, I cry unto thee. Make haste unto me. Give ear unto my voice when I cry unto thee. Let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense and the lifting of my hands as the evening sacrifice. The lifting up of the hands of God's people as, as the incense would rise in the evening sacrifice. So we lift up our prayers. We lift up our requests. We're surrendering them all onto the throne of God. We're giving them all over to Jesus. Lifting up of our hands unto the Lord. I encourage you to practice these essentials, these basics of prayer. This is nothing to do with a denomination. It's nothing to do with a statement of faith. This is purely scripture tonight. Now we're to lift up our hands unto the Lord. Not only should we come to lift up our hands, but number six, and we're coming to an end in a moment. Number six, we must pray in the name of Jesus Christ. The name that's above every name. In Philippians chapter 2 and verse 9. Philippians 2 and 9. The Bible tells us, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. There is a name that's above every name. The name of Jesus is above every, every circumstance on this page. It's above every, he's above every life on this page. He's above every sickness on this page. He's above every work of darkness on this page. The name of Jesus. What a wonderful name. In John chapter 14 and verse 13, Jesus said, Whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, the name of Jesus, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. How important it is that we pray in the name of Jesus. No other name but that name, the name of Jesus Christ. This is a name that we must that we must pray in. The only name that we pray in is the name of Jesus. Everything is subject to that name. 
We can call on the name of Jesus. We can pray in that name of Jesus. We can speak that name of Jesus. Devils tremble at the very name of Jesus Christ. How we must pray in the name of Jesus Christ. And number seven, just coming to an end. Number seven, we must pray with the aid and the help and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. He must guide us in prayer. He must help us. That's why he's here, to be a help, to guide us in the place of prayer. In Romans chapter 8, if you turn over to it, just to close. Romans chapter 8 and verse 26 says, Romans 8, 26, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. That's so important. He maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Do you see how crucial it is for the Spirit of God to guide our prayer meetings, for the Spirit of God to help us in the place of prayer. For we know not what we, we should pray for as we ought. We don't know where we should start sometimes when there's so much. But when we ask the Holy Spirit to aid us and to help us, He will come and He will reveal to us what we should pray and unction us to pray. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, to them that are called according to his purpose. This is the amplified versions. Uh, uh, this is the amplified version of the same scripture, verse 26. In the same way, the Spirit comes to us and helps us in our weakness. We do not know what prayer to offer or how to offer it as we should, but the Spirit himself knows our need and at the right time intercedes on our behalf with sighs and groanings too deep for words. Have you ever been in that place? I know every believer has. So deep. Not knowing what to pray or how to pray. But it's the Spirit of God that begins to intercede with sighs and groanings that are too deep for words. How we need the Holy Ghost how we need the pangs and the Zion to labor and to hear and sense the Spirit of God groaning through the assembly. The Spirit intercedes before God on the behalf of God's people according to the very will of God. So it's important as we enter into these Wednesdays looking at prayer and specific areas we're going to pray and teach on. It's so important that the very basics are laid out first. Before we start engaging and moving forward, we must have the very basics. A right heart, faith, boldness, with thanksgiving, lifting up holy hands, praying in the name of Jesus, calling on the Holy Spirit to aid us as the people of God. Friends, we need to pray. Men ought always to pray and not faint. We must pray. 
We must seek the Lord. We must make prayer. This place must be a place that is the house of prayer. We must seek the Lord. I pray and I believe and I'm longing that the first meeting that will be back in this place will be a prayer meeting. That the doors will open for people to come to seek the Lord. To make our prayers known. We need God in these days. We need a move of God. But let's keep these basics at the foremost part of our prayer life. In Jesus' name. Let's pray as we close together tonight. Amen. Father, we give you thanks for your help tonight. We give you thanks for your presence. Lord, in the midst of it all, we thank you for your word. Your word is truth. Lord, we pray, O God, for everyone that has heard these few words tonight, that you would indeed stir our hearts again to pray and to pray effectively. Lord, as we come over these Wednesdays, if you should tarry, Lord, we want to come, and Lord, we want to make prayer the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. It avails much. So, Lord, we pray that you'd undertake, that you would speak, that you would be glorified. Lord, would you speak to our hearts. We remember, O oh God, all those again in great need at this time, that you would touch them by your great power. Undertake for them, Lord. Give you thanks tonight, Lord, for all that you mean to us. Pray, Lord, your blessing on every home and every family. We give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen.